0: Welcome to another episode of the Total BS Podcast. Justin, how are you feeling
1: right now? I'm feeling pretty good. Josh Norman, on the other hand, I don't think he's feeling too great. So I just wanted to send out thoughts and prayers to Josh Norman for the heinous act performed by Derrick Henry during that Tuesday night football game. Football on a Tuesday, Saul. All that hype
0: about that play and Derrick Henry only gained one more yard like yeah whatever <laughs>
1: but, but still yeah yeah but it's still. like a
0: it's like a, it's like somebody crossing over somebody like really bad and then missing the jump shot
1: but he didn't he didn't he get yeah. a first down
0: he got he he already had the first down Toby's so, podcast coming your way right now.
2: Your fans <laughs> just might turn into offense.
1: Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack, you
2: just sound whack rapping after us, yo. Your fans just might turn into offense. Be cool, it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us.
0: You know the, cra- the crazy thing about that intro is, uh, you know those those intros were video clips of the last six months, and through various times we have different haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like at the beginning of this, your hair was short and so was oh, yeah. mine, and then we wear hats, and now you know we both essentially have afros now. So it's been a it's been quite the year. Twenty twenty has been quite the transition.
1: Yeah, you see. The one, like you said, my hair was a lot. It was shorter because as soon as we got the the news that COVID nineteen is just going to shut down the entire world, one of the first things that I thought was, "Oh shit, I got to get a haircut," because I don't know when's the next time I'm going to get a haircut. So I hit up my guy Carl, who always mispronounces Saul's name. He always calls him Sal. And the, <laughs> fucking Carl. That makes that makes me laugh every time. And the the funny thing is, is I remember your response. You're like, dude, it's Saul. I don't call you Carol, <laughs> but Carl, unbelievable guy. He hooked it up with an appointment, so I went in and I got my hair cut because I didn't know when I was going to get chopped up next. And yeah, you start to see the evolution of Saul and I's hair, and then also my facial hair, which I'm still struggling to grow. So. That's hey, where we're at right now in October of 2020. Yes. I mean, I, I I ain't gonna lie. Like
0: um the chin is starting to come in a little nice. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm starting to get a little happy with it. Uh, I have been using like this oil and um, exfoliating like roller thing that's supposed <laughs> to get, is suppo- su- supposed to promote hair growth. Uh, and then I don't, today's just a fluky day, but yesterday I, 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 I blew my hair out. And so my Afro was huge Today, um it's it's i took a shower this morning i haven't done anything else but the natural juices the natural juices and berries man they're hey, my hair is looking kind of <laughs> yeah. shiny it's, it's looking it's looking kind of tight man i'm not gonna lie it looks pretty good right now i mean i got the soul glow going
1: on so you look like you've been hanging out is it M- mcdowell's restaurant yeah.
0: yeah mcdowell's yeah mcdowell's yeah Two all beef patties special sauce <laughs> lettuce cheese pickles onions their buns have sesames our buns have no seeds <laughs>
1: best part of that whole movie is the uh pastor (laughs) oh yes if love of the lord is wrong i don't want to be right
0: (laughs) i like it when he's talking to the girls who are who are on stage and clearly uh scantily dressed and he's like He's like, Hugh Hefner can't create this. He can paint the picture, but he can't make it. He's like, only God, the Hugh to on high, can make what you see here today. <laughs> when I look at these girls, I know there's a God. Uh, somewhere uh, there's yeah. a no there's somewhere. a god
1: somewhere <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it man i love it that's one of my favorite movies of all time <laughs> coming to america if you haven't seen it i don't know what the hell to tell you because it's a <laughs> classic classic anyway so justin man so much stuff has happened this week so far every day something is going on crazy we just finished the nfl weekend yesterday Uh, The NBA finally wrapped up on Sunday as we obviously promoted this week and your shenanigans on Sunday as well. And, again, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. Last night, I will say this, yesterday I went to the movie theater and uh, I went to IMAX to watch Michael Jordan to the max. And this this movie was released, I think, in 99 or 2000. I remember watching it when I was in – Uh, my freshman or sophomore year of community college. I watched it. I think I had to have watched that thing at least 100 times. I was just obsessed with this movie. And so I went last night, and it was beautiful, Justin. I was in the movie theater all by myself. Nobody else in there. I felt like a VIP, to be honest with you. I felt like I had my own personal screening. And I just watched it, and it was just beautiful, man. I almost cried. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. now this will wash the LeBron love off of me. Thank you. MJ the goat bow
1: hearing hearing the the discussions I feel so bad for LeBron like he hasn't even been a few days after (laughs) he's won the championship and people are already like okay let's get to it Michael Jordan or LeBron who do you think is better it's like just let the man enjoy his championship let's have this debate when it's all said and done because LeBron James will be so far advanced in statistics in a couple of years who knows he might have one or two more championships under his belt in a couple of years, and then we could revisit this debate. But it hasn't even been three days, and it's already, all right, let's debate MJ or LeBron. You already know who you think is the best. Even me, I, I lean towards Michael Jordan, but I'm willing to have this conversation again when LeBron James's career is over with.
0: You know, I, I think I think we're talking about two totally different things. And I, and you know what? I think what we should do, to be honest, is I have thought about this. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling this vibe, why don't you tweet at us and let us know if this is something you would like for us to do? But I think we should yeah. have, I think we should have the LeBron versus Michael Jordan trial. Trial. Oh yeah, the trial of Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Each side states their case. We'll bring on some special guests. We'll bring them on to defend their side. We'll bring on LeBron lovers. We'll bring on MJ lovers. Each side make your decision, and then we'll let our audience vote on who they think won. How about that? So it's kind of like verses. There you go.
1: There you with, go. with the With the
0: artist. because I because I know we yes. have several MJ the best lovers playlist and all their song, for sure for sure yeah okay. exactly just like that so um but you know to, to kind of go back to your point real quick one of the things that that i think separates lebron from michael jordan okay is that lebron has done this in a league that to a degree has been watered down right in terms of fouls physical play you know lebron you know it, in the 80s or 90s some of the stuff lebron tries to pull like just would never fly right so there's there's that aspect. Then there's the other aspect of you know, Michael Jordan did it with some all-time great teams that were surrounded, you know, that he had to go up against all the time and he had to he had to overcome adversity. And then there's the other a- aspect of Michael Jordan sticking with one team, right? Because nobody really counts the wizards, right? Nobody counts. Whereas LeBron is jumping ship to ship to ship, trying to find that that magic sauce everywhere he goes and having to have one other special player no matter where he goes. On board, right? Whereas Michael, you could see the development of Scottie Pippen with Michael and they developed together and they stuck together, right? Nobody's ever going to say, well, Steph Curry had Klay Thompson uh, because, well, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson came up together. Now they brought in KD, but they had already won a championship without him. So, you know, it's it's, it's not the same conversation, right? That's where I think LeBron loses people and loses the MJ lovers and, and the respect of MJ people. However, then you have to add in the element of does he make his team better? Does he any team he jumps to is automatically a championship contender? Right. We never know what that would look like with Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan didn't do that. Yeah. I mean, but rest assured, Michael Jordan in his prime going to any
1: team, that team would have been the favorite. Sure. Right. It's, but, but the thing that, You know, and I thought about this over the last couple of days is I just think we've kind of blamed LeBron for being put in such a difficult situation from the moment that he went to the NBA. The Cleveland Cavaliers, I think one of his best accomplishments as an NBA player is taking that 07 Cavs team to the finals. Oh, yeah, because because they had to go through. That tough Detroit Pistons team,
0: mm-hmm.
3: with
1: both Wallaces, with Tayshawn Prince and Chauncey Billups, like that was a really tough team to go through. Now yeah. Mike had to go through the Pistons as well and the Bad Boys to get to that next level. A much tougher but, Pistons team too. Oh, there absolutely. Like
0: four Hall of Famers on that Pistons team, versus like one or two on the, this one,
1: including <laughs> one of his teammates and Dennis Rodman. Yeah, but the, the but the thing that that really bothers me is like the whole judging LeBron James to jump ship Jerry Reinsdorf. And, um, who's the other guy that was a part of the, the bills or the bulls organization. Jerry oh, Reinsdorf.
0: Oh my gosh. Why can I not think of his name? Everybody hated him.
1: And, oh, Jerry Kraus, Jerry Kraus. Yep. Jerry Krause. They were such a great team together and they added pieces to surround Michael Jordan. And they also got the greatest NBA coach of all time. And Phil Jackson, when LeBron James made you think that Mo Williams was actually a pretty good secondary piece. He made you think that getting Shaquille O'Neal in 2009 was going to put the Cleveland Cavaliers over the top and getting Antoine Jameson as well. The Cavaliers organization didn't do a great job in putting LeBron James to to get over that hump and finally win a championship. The Chicago Bulls did that, and that's why I don't blame LeBron James for going to the Miami Heat. And then when he left the Heat to go back to Cleveland, you had an aging Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, was dealing with a bunch of injuries, and they just got smoked by the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA Finals. So I don't blame him for going back home to fulfill his promise. Why? Why not? Because...
0: Where, where, where are the Miami Heat right now? They're in the damn finals. Sure. If he
1: sticks it out, LeBron's yeah, but, in the finals. But so many years later. So what? Six years. He only years won later. one championship since.
0: Like uh, he's been gone two. He's only long, he was only won one. Now I'm not counting Cleveland. the Lakers team right oh, here. Okay. If, okay. if he was with the Heat, he wouldn't be playing with the Lakers, right? Sure. So, Like he only won one in between the time he left Miami to now. So like, really, is that? Is that the reason? That's my thing, though. It's like when you when you go somewhere, you build a culture, right? And he built that Cleveland culture his way when he got drafted, right? From day one, it was his culture. And then he left because he couldn't win a championship there. And now maybe it's blame he, couldn't, him. he couldn't put the pieces around him or whatever. Okay, cool. He goes to Miami. They put the piece. You're telling me that Pat Riley wouldn't have found a way To put the pieces around LeBron James. Pat Riley's one of the greatest executives in the history of basketball. So don't give me that bullshit about great coaches and all this other stuff because Pat Riley can hold his own with anybody else. He's proven it this year with the people that he's gotten to to build this. And Eric Spolstra is one of the greatest coaches now in the league. He's widely regarded as one of the best coaches in the league. So LeBron didn't stick it out because he wanted to get the easy way. He wanted to get the quick W. That's all. That's why he went back to Cleveland in the first place because he had two key pieces with Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Love. Well, if they didn't make that trade for
1: Kevin Love until after he he went to Cleveland. Okay,
0: whatever. He still took the it's st- still the easy way. It's still the easy way because he could have stuck it out with with Miami. He could have, but he didn't.
1: Anyway, yeah, we do I, have to go listen. Ahead,
0: go, ahead. go ahead.
1: I, I you know I, I agree that Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, great coach and. Executive tandem, right there. I mean, the Heat culture is all based on Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley. I didn't know this. You know, Spo was with the Heat. He's been with the Heat for like twenty five years. Yeah, for like freaking forever. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I agree with you on the point that I mean, those guys are, are are great executives. But I think LeBron James wanted to fulfill his promise. He wanted to go back to Cleveland and finally get one for the land. He did that, and then now. He's in Los Angeles trying to tackle another task, and he did that this year, and he's going to do it for the next two years.
0: We can table that for right now. This is a heated discussion. We will get to it later on, and maybe we'll have this quote-unquote trial that I mentioned a little bit earlier, but we have (laughs) a
1: special guest, Justin. Why don't you introduce Yes, Yes. Harrison Fagan from Lakers SB Nation Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, Probably my favorite Lakers follow on Twitter. I mean, he does such a great job at covering the Lakers, providing all sorts of great content, whether it's articles or a podcast. And if you're a Lakers fan or just an NBA fan in general, you need to give this man a follow. Um, And I think it's safe to say that I can call him champion Fagan, right? Not playoff Fagan because the Lakers won the chip. Now he's champion Fagan.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm championship Fagan. I, I've now covered my first title run. So, you know, I had to change the, I had to change the display name again. I think eventually it'll, uh, like I'll go to free agency Fagan or draft Fagan or something <laughs> like that. Like, but, uh, you know, I get to, I'm going to leave this for at least like a couple weeks, I think just to, uh, you know, just kind of bask in it a little bit. I got my, uh, championship podcast fedora on and, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, it, you know, Justin, you're a Lakers fan. So it, it's been a good run. It was a fun run to cover, uh, exhausting at times, but this team was really awesome to watch play basketball. And I'm grateful I got to do it and write about it.
0: I am so grateful that you're here today because of really it signifies not only, you know, some great content that we're about to produce, but it also signifies the end of the Laker talk that we have to do for the next three or four months. Yay, <laughs> yay, yay. <laughs> Justin loves it when I do that. So, Harrison, no. thanks so much for joining us. You know, I think first and foremost, I just want to know from your perspective LeBron's impact on LA from day one to right now, obviously with the championship, but what has he meant? To L.A. as a whole, because, you know, when you look on Twitter, when you look on social media, you would think that the Lakers have never won a championship before ever, ever. (laughs) And it's all of a sudden it's been a long, the longest 10 years in the history of 10 years. Look,
2: it's been it's been a long. There are 10 year old children that until this weekend had never seen the Lakers win a title like that's just unconscionable. That they had been Lakers fans for their, like, since they came out of the womb. I fucking and thank they you had, guys so much. They <laughs> hadn't gotten I to watch their so team much. win a title. That's like, I mean, honestly, that's like, you know, like, that's child cruelty a little bit. Like, that these kids <laughs> didn't get to watch their favorite purple and gold team. Like, like, imagine being like eight years old and you're like, Mom, Dad, like, why can't our team ever win? And they're like, Well, you know, ever since you were born, it's just been a rough stretch for them. It's and because
0: you live in Phoenix, son.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> but no, I mean, look, they're back now. I, I think, I think a big part of the reason, in all seriousness, that like this one means so much is it's not just the gap in between that I do think made Lakers fans appreciate winning more and how difficult it is because now it's not like like in the in-betweens of title winning years beforehand, like the Lakers were a playoff team. Like if things broke different, maybe they could have won a title. Like like they weren't the dregs of the NBA where they were missing the playoffs for seven straight years. And so I think that changes perspective a little bit to where there's more of a celebration, not as much of a like, I mean, there are certainly people in my mentions and in our sites comment section, like, okay, well, who are they going to bring back? How do they get better for next year? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that yet. You know, uh, like let's, let's give it a week. But, you know, I think that there are a lot more people that are like, I'm not worried about the repeat. I'm not worried about free agency. They made this trade. They got it done. They won the title. And I also just think, like, whatever fan base won the title this year, whether it was the Lakers, whether it was anyone else, with the 2020 that we all as, like, a human race and a country have collectively gone through, I think everybody is just looking for reasons to be happy. And I, I think, like, this was just another instance of that where people were just like, they're ready to celebrate anything, much less an NBA title. And so I think all of that together, and then when you put it that you combine it with losing Kobe this year was something really difficult for Lakers fans. And, you know, uh, and like this fan base worldwide. So, and really like the basketball world as a whole, but especially Lakers fans, like I think all of it together made this one a little bit more euphoric and just them being picked against in like every round by like not an insignificant portion of people as well. Yeah.
1: In celebration, is something that Lakers fans have definitely done. My, I'm myself, you saw me, I was drinking champagne on this very program. Um, I was also confused to see Staples Center just so packed, even during a global pandemic. P- Lakers fans are like, nah, we're gonna celebrate this title. I there was th- a guy in a bubble, <laughs> like a
2: hamster wheel, like going around celebrating. Yeah, respect to Bubble Boy. I, um, I did not. I was not surprised that a lot of people, you know, in this country decided to go out there anyway, Uh, but I was a little disappointed to see that so few of them were at least, like, wearing masks. But, you know, we'll see if uh, LA ends up locked down a little bit longer because of that. Hopefully, because it was outside, it'll be at least, like, not as bad as if it would have been inside the arena, but, you know, I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, no, man, that's that. That was pretty rough to watch. I'm not yeah, lie. I, yeah, I, I, no,
2: I was, I was gritting my teeth a little bit. We, I wrote a whole article like the week before, was like, okay, they aren't going to be able to have a parade because there's still a pandemic. Like, just in case you forgot, like we can't like, really no, we're going to run our own grow parade, th- and like all, I like. I was disheartened by like half the responses to it. We're like, what are they going to do? Put me in jail. I'm going out there and celebrating a time. I'm like, okay, well, all right, this is not going to go great. Then
0: you think? <laughs> w- woke, woke people all of a sudden
2: were like, ah, uh, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, like who's to say I'm going to, you know, if it, if everyone knows that there's an exemption for title parades, you know, on, uh, on contagiousness.
1: That's right. That's mm. right. Covid. So knows. the, uh, this year's coach, Frank Vogel, you know, you look at the Lakers' history and you think about championship coaches and there's this mystique around them. You know, you have Pat Riley, you have Phil Jackson, who many have coined the, the greatest coach in NBA history. But then the Lakers get Frank Vogel. And to me, Frank Vogel just doesn't have that that swagger that a lot of Lakers coaches have, have had, but he found a way to get it done. Where do you stand on Frank Vogel and the job that he's done this
2: year? I mean, first of all, like like, I think he's he did an incredible job this year. Just when you look at like how many different adjustments they were able to make throughout the course of the playoffs, like they almost every single round beat teams, not by like doing their own thing. It was like by playing the style that those teams play and doing it better. Than they did. And like that was something that was really impressive to me that he was able to have them with limited practice time. You're playing every other day. You're able to make these massive adjustments and scheme and lineups and like these sometimes groups that haven't really even played together that often. Like they're starting lineup for game six of the finals, I believe, had play, played 12 minutes together all season and just went out there and just like, you know, like laid it on the heat. And so I think he's done an incredible job, even some of the stuff that he got criticized for earlier in the year, playing Rondo more, you know, like playing KCP through his struggles, things like that. I think it's very clear, kind of ended up in the end, helping set them up for success in the playoffs. And then to your point about like, you know, him lacking the same swagger or like, you know, mysticism as those prior Lakers head coaches, that was something that I wrote about the night before when I was talking about or the night of the title, when I was talking about how different this Lakers team feels than past ones, even though on its surface, it's a little bit similar. And one of those differences is kind of the lack of, uh, you know, like charisma from, I mean, he has like charisma in his own, like kind of like nerdy dad kind of way, but it's not in the mystical Phil Jackson or like, you know, just like oozing swagger and style of Pat Riley. And like, it's just different than, you know, like the kind of gravitas that these other coaches have brought to the table. And he's a lot less established too. Like Pat Riley People forget that he was kind of unproven when he got hired. It was like his first head coaching job. But now you don't think of Pat Riley that way. And Phil Jackson was like already one of the most successful NBA coaches ever when he came to the Lakers. So he already had that. Frank Vogel is not a guy that we think of like that. I mean, a couple more titles and we might start to think about him a little bit differently. But I mean, I think that he did an incredible job this year, uh, like just managing everything that you have to manage and working with his two stars to kind of. Like keep this team on track and just keeping like everyone engaged even when they were in or out of the lineup or whatever.
0: Oh man, I can. Com- <laughs> I just cannot agree with anything that just was said. Now, I, I I I should say this. I should rephrase that. Now, that is not that is not correct. I think Frank Vogel did do a great job. I do. However, I think that lebron had more to do with that than frank vogel did oh i and, i
2: agree that a lot and, of it was lebron yeah that's sorry and, i did not mean to minimize that like this you, is not frank as totalitarian
0: sure sure you know and i think that was that's the other thing justin to what we were kind of arguing about before is that you know lebron has had opportunities right to go play for a greg popovich right uh but he he has opted not to why because he he's not in full control of those situations. And I think when he goes to the Lakers, he's in full control. Frank Vogel would say whatever the hell he wants, but the minute LeBron says, yo, I'm done with this dude, he's gone. And that's that's been proven before, right? So I think that LeBron has more of an impact on what they're doing on a day-to-day schematic basis than Frank Vogel does. Personally, that's just me.
2: I think offensively you are correct because, like, obviously, I mean, the Lakers can do some stuff differently. Like, they did some stuff differently than they did last year. Like, they did some stuff differently than Cleveland did just because, like, by virtue of the presence of Anthony Davis. But on some level, like, with LeBron, you know how you're going to play. Like, there's going to be screen and rolls. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Like, they did play faster than, I think, a typical LeBron team, and I'd have to go back through the numbers, and, like, pace was I think an area where you saw Vogel's emphasis of, like, let's really get you out and run. LeBron actually nominally starting at point guard was a little bit different and uh, like the the defense is more where i give vogel credit for the schematic stuff because obviously lebron is not like i mean he suggests adjustments on that end but i think as much as anything that vogel did it was not coming in and like trying to like quote unquote coach lebron like obviously he gets on him about making mistakes and things like that but it's not like i'm gonna come in and this is a one-way street i'm telling you what to do it was he was very open and like egoless about that he was working with those two guys on like like I had never heard a coach admit to the media before they were consulting their two-star players on whether or not the team needed to practice. The Lakers barely had shoot-arounds this year. I think they maybe had two on the entire run to the finals because LeBron and AD don't like doing shoot-arounds. And their deal was basically like, if you guys keep winning, then we don't have to have shoot-arounds. But like, you know, sure enough, if the Lakers would go through slumps or they'd have a bad loss on a Saturday night, I had to get up early on a Sunday morning for that Mm -hmm. back-to-back shoot-around because like they hadn't held up their end of the deal. But for the most, like I think that when I'm talking about all that stuff, I think it, it goes hand in hand. Like it can be both. And like, you know, uh, to your point about like never going and playing for a proven, like a Greg Popovich, whatever. Like I-, I take exception to that too, because he went and played for David Blatt, the Greg Popovich of Europe. So, uh, you know, like that when he was with the Cow. <laughs> oh my man i forgot about that no you look you forgot about the fighter pilot okay like the the guy that compared (laughs) nba coaching to driving jet fighters
0: like oh my gosh oh yeah i forgot about that that's great
2: i forgot who they they called the michael jordan of europe oh that is a good question i honestly do not know off the top of my head i'm sure there probably been because there is no michael jordan yeah that's why (laughs) at this point it's got to be luca right like yeah, but he's I on mean, track. He, like, I mean, for what he did dude. at his age in Euro League, like, but yeah,
1: for sure. Who, who's the Who's the Michael Jordan of China?
2: What's oh, I feel like somebody this? did. It, it's Stefan Marbury, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, Marbury. <laughs> yeah, they, they had. Mean, so,
1: they gave that man a museum and a statue in China.
2: Yeah, he went from eating Vaseline on live streams and getting kicked out of the NBA to like being the goat of China, which is kind of an incredible career turnaround among many developments for his career.
0: For sure. For sure. Before we let you go, Harrison, the trajectory of the Lakers franchise right now, as we speak, they just went through a 10 year, unbelievable, dreadful,
1: (laughs) you know, over 10 streak, right? Time out, time out, time out. (laughs) That's what Lakers fans would tell you. Ryan Kelly, Robert Sacre, Jordan
2: Clarkson.
0: You like, guys went from not making the playoffs to winning a championship. Shut your mouth! I don't want to hear
2: it. <laughs> okay. It was God. a long, slow rebuild. You I'm know, like, they just, yeah, they just yeah. built it. They built the foundation brick by brick. There were so really many patient. great
0: draft picks that yes. really contributed this year. Like,
1: oh yeah, they did. They contributed yeah. the Anthony Davis trade. Shut
0: your yeah. mouth! God, <laughs> get out of here. Anyway, um, you know, here in the next year or two. You know, LeBron still being a part of the franchise, possibly, um, because who knows? Uh what wh- what are you expecting maybe here in the in the short term, uh, in terms of moves and and maybe the trajectory of the franchise? Do you see a back to back or a three peak coming? Or is this maybe a one shot deal and who knows what's gonna happen after this?
2: I think it, I mean, it's possible that it's a one shot deal, right? Like the league looks set to improve next year. Like there's going to be a couple stars back in the form of, uh, you know, like Kyrie kind of played this year, but not really. Kevin Durant's going to be back, but we don't know what that'll look like. The Warriors should be back to looking a little bit more like the Warriors, although who knows if they can jump back up to contender status. Oh, they will. Oh, they 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 will. they, they might. And like, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Clay responds after like that big of an injury. But like, they, I mean, they very well might. And like, either way, the league is going to be better. We already saw that the Suns are like rising up. Like they probably won't be a contender, but they will be, you know, another team in the West that you have to deal with on a night-to-night basis. And like, I, I think that, you know, across the league, it probably, the quality of play is going to improve. You're going to start to maybe factor in home court advantage and like all that stuff again. Like, you just never know. LeBron's a year older. You don't know when the wheels are going to come off, even if it doesn't seem possible at this point um like you just don't know so it is possible that this is a one-off title i do think that they should be considered and they will be among like the favorites going into next year as well because anthony davis is still just 27 like lebron is obviously aging but as anthony davis continues to like you know Get into his prime. LeBron is going to have a little bit of a softer landing where he's able to kind of dominate more based on his brain. And we already saw that at times this year where he was picking his spots. So I do think that the majority of their focus this offseason is, pro- is going to be bringing back this team and like the various guys that they have. But look, like, They have a number of guys that are going to be under contracts that are tradable to like move for some upgrades now because they signed a bunch of two year deals last summer so that they would keep cap space for 2021. But now all of those guys are trade eligible. So if there's like a deal on the table, like Danny Green, Quinn Cook, Kyle Kuzma, like that gets you enough salary and potential value of like somebody, if another team is high on Kuzma to potentially make a move for more of a win now player. Like, you know, a guy that I keep thinking about, this is not sourced to be like incredibly clear. Like a guy that I keep thinking about is like DeMar DeRozan or like one, like a guy on one of these smaller market teams that might be going through some financial struggles that maybe just like kind of has to make a deal and decides to like go into the tank for a couple of years and like doesn't want to pay guys or something like that. Like, I could see the Lakers being a buyer because they are obviously going to be profitable no matter what. So there is the possibility of that. And like, there's the possibility that like, you know, Dwight Howard leaves, maybe he gets a bigger deal from someone. Maybe Markeith Morris does like, you know, there are going to be moves on the margins. I expect DeMarcus Cousins to be in a Lakers uniform next year. I would be shocked if he wasn't. I don't know if that's a good idea, but that's a whole different thing. Um, And so like, it'll be a little bit of a different team. But I do think for the most part, like when you have LeBron and AD at the center of it, only so much can change. And like, there'll be a decent amount of contributors back. And I do think that they will be like competitive for a title next year, even if they don't win it.
0: So we don't have any fear, Justin Harrison, no fear that Anthony Davis might say, well, I want a title. So that's, that's in my belt. I might want to go somewhere else. I'm going to go
2: resurrect the Bulls. No, I don't. I, I don't think uh, that's going to happen. I, I like the fact that he couldn't stop laughing every time someone laugh, asked him about it, like during his post finals, you know, press conferences and whatever makes me think that I think it's less a matter of if he stays and more a matter of like, how long is the deal? Like, I think there's a good chance that he takes a shorter deal to be able to opt back out and get the supermax when he's 10 years of experience, like that kind of thing. Maybe he lines it up with LeBron's player option next year. He takes a one plus one in case LeBron retires. He can look at his options again. I, I I think he's saying it's just a matter of how long. I, I don't necessarily expect a five-year deal.
0: I'm just saying nobody saw Kevin Durant going to the Warriors back in the day. I'm just saying.
1: People yeah, talked but, about but that they lost. year. Are, are, are you talking about Kevin Durant leaving the Warriors or? No,
0: going to the Warriors. Going to the Warriors. People
2: okay, were see. talking about that in like in like in November of that year and everybody yeah, but, laughed at it, but there was reporting around that. But like They yeah, were texting but, him and recruiting him.
0: That's what I'm saying. Nobody really took it seriously though. Yeah, I mean I I guess there's been reporting on him possibly going to 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 Chicago, but you know, it's like whatever. No nobody takes that seriously. I mean, he
2: said that himself. Somebody asked him at like some event for kids, and he said, Yeah, maybe I'll come to the Bulls one day. And then the next day at practice, he's like, I never said that. And it's like, Anthony, there's video of you saying (laughs) it right here. (laughs) Like you could say you were taken out of context. Don't say you weren't you didn't say it. Like (laughs)
1: well. But for a little while there, nobody thought LeBron was going to Miami. During that free agency, it was always the Knicks. Or the Bulls or the Mavericks; those were the three front runners. And then all of a sudden, in 24 hours, LeBron's going to the Miami Heat. So
2: crazy yeah, things know. happen. Maybe he really wanted to be a Nick standard. or a Bull or something. You know, you, you, who can say?
0: Who who can say? Harrison, Fagan, <laughs> th- thank you so much for joining us today on the Total BS Podcast. We enjoyed having you. Tell the people where they can find you.
2: Yeah. So uh, I think you can see my Twitter at right here at HM Fagan. And then, uh, you can find, Sil- you can go to silverscreenandroll.com. Uh, that's where all of my podcasting and writing is. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thanks, man. Harrison. That was Harrison Fagan from the silver screen and roll. Is that how I say it?
1: Let, yeah, it's, you know how SB nation, they always have unique titles for every yeah. single team. Well, Silver Screen and Roll, that's the Lakers SB Nation site. They do a lot of great work. Uh, Harrison is the face of Silver Screen and Roll. So, yeah, you definitely got to check out his content.
0: Awesome. Yeah, thanks to to Harrison for joining us today on the Total BS Podcast. All right, joining us for a new segment this week is my guy, Brett Decker. We're going to call this segment One Grand in Your Hand, and we'll explain why here in a second. But, Decker, thanks for joining us, man.
3: Thank you for having me. Uh, you called me an expert leading up to this, and I don't think anybody's ever called me an expert at anything before. So there I, wouldn't, you go. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm quite an expert, but I'll go with it.
0: We are always uh, in the in the business of hyping up our guests, yeah. big time. So uh, there you go. But uh, you know, uh, Brett, we brought we asked Brett to come on because you know, first of all, he's a Philly guy. We need a little East Coast flavor to the show. <laughs> Second of all, uh, Brett is very attuned to the gambling world. And, uh, you know, and everything that comes with it. And so I asked if he would come on and come on once a week from this point forward until the end of football season, at least, and share some insight on some particular games or things that he'd like to, to talk about, you know, some, some, uh, matchups, some odds, things
1: of that nature. Sound good to you, yeah. Justin? Absolutely. So is Brett going to teach us how to get rich? Is that why we're bringing him on? Man, I mean, have, you're not, I'm not that. the
3: right guy for that. I wish, because otherwise <laughs> I wouldn't be here. I'd be somewhere else. Um, I'd be figuring that out already. I'm trying to figure that out myself. But
0: um, So the premise you know, I mean, of what we're going to do, go ahead, go ahead. You,
3: you say the end of the season, but I mean, that that's implying that things go well. So we'll see. Yes. I've got yes. to, I've got to, you know, I can't run out of my money, which we'll
0: get to. So that's a perfect segue into what we're going to set this up as. All right. So this is the premise. Deckard is going to start off with a thousand dollars, mythical money. Okay, nobody's giving yeah. him a grand. He doesn't have monopoly yeah, money. It's monopoly money. Sure, it's a, it's one grand in your hand, and he's going to give us some plays of the week. And however he performs, that's what's going to carry over to the next week. Everybody got that? So okay. by the end of the season, either we're going to be like up a lot or a little or we would have lost a lot or a little and if at any point in time he loses the entire thing then that's the end of the segment that's just how it goes (laughs) and we'll probably have to cross that bridge when we get there so yeah
3: (laughs) now you say you you say we just making sure this is my you don't win i'm i'm the one winning
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I I definitely, I definitely am not going to watch you start accumulating a lot of cash in the next few weeks and start to think myself like, oh, maybe I should just do what (laughs) Brett's doing, and you know, I definitely would not do that that, at all. So, all right, so uh, Brett, I will let you start off. Where do you want to go first with the matchups this week? Uh, I'm looking at
3: Tennessee in Houston, Tennessee the type of team that wears you down. I do have more respect for them now after that. I like them coming into the year, lost a little bit of lust, especially given the week one loss. But yeah, I I think overall, you lean with the better team here, the better coach team. Coaching always wins in the NFL. Titans only minus three. Uh, I like it. I'm going to take it almost every time
0: for our for our listeners out there. Okay, you say you're gonna take it. Uh right. so so explain what that means.
3: Well the other thing is I, I think at the beginning I accidentally said Texans on the road. Titans are home. So Titans only minus three at home. I, I I don't know. It seems like a trap. So minus three, they've got to win by more than three. If they win by two, I lose the bet.
0: You got uh you're taking the Titans minus at three. home minus, minus three um, against the Texans. Yes. Who sir. you got who who's next?
3: The Pittsburgh Steelers minus three and a half against Cleveland. Now, I don't know if I'm going to take the minus three and a half just yet. I'll get into that part. I went into this thinking I liked Cleveland. Uh, as an Eagles fan, as a Philly guy, I, I thought the Steelers were beatable on Sunday. Um, the Eagles, so up and down. I don't think they're terrible, but they're not a good football team. And the Steelers look to me to be beatable but I think the Eagles are going to play those kind of games anyway. And they were down. The Steelers let them in. So I don't, I don't like the Steelers in this game if they get behind. That's for sure. But the Steelers are better across the board. I like Baker. Um, but against that style of a defense, I like what Pittsburgh's doing. Their offense can play too. They've got a lot of weapons. They can beat you in a different way every week. And the Browns have beaten the Bengals, Washington, and Dallas. I don't love this line, but I like it enough. I'll say I'm not going to take the minus three and a half. I'll take the Steelers to win at home again. They're a little bit more well-rested. We haven't seen anybody beat them. Let's slow it down on the Browns a little bit. And yeah, Steelers offensive line. Hopefully they can contain Miles Garrett. I'll take the Steelers to win.
2: I like that
1: pick a lot Uh, just because it's a divisional game. I don't really like the Browns in divisional games. And you know, like you said, a lot of people are kind of high on them just of just because of how they looked over the last couple of weeks, and one of those wins was against the god awful Cowboys. Right. So I I think yeah we should you know pump the brakes on the on the Cleveland Browns a little bit, and I always feel like the Steelers have like just some random wide receiver or running back that just steps up every single year. Like you're like who the hell did this guy come from? Yeah. You know uh uh it was James Conner was it two years ago when yeah. uh, Le'Veon Bell held out, and now this year. Um, I've never heard of this Claypool guy. Yeah, and all of a sudden he just goes off for a couple of touchdowns last week. It's unbelievable. Comes out of
3: nowhere from Notre Dame. And, uh, I don't know how they do it. It's like they make you forget about Juju, and they make you forget about what they have, and they do it every year. And as an Eagles fan that is desperate for wide receiver, and you keep seeing these lists of 2018 and 19 wide receiver rookie receivers that just keep going off, and 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 you know, and. and Stuck watching a team that is nothing like that. That's what the Steelers do. they well coached and they pull town out of nowhere. So.
0: so, those are your two in depth ones. Uh, you got three other picks coming our way. What are those?
3: I like the Lions against the Jags. I like the Lions. You can throw all over the Jags. Give me the Lions. I don't like Patricia, but I like Matt Stafford. I like their weapons. Give me the Lions. Cool. All day. Uh, Green Bay. I went back and forth on this and initially the line looks obvious. It's minus one for, for green Bay. I think it's moved in. Um, it was maybe two and a half might've been two. I think it's moving closer to Tampa and I, I hate to bet against Tom Brady, um, on a, re- not so much nowadays, but on a revenge game, there's cracks. And I started with it last year. I had the Titans over the Pats. I, I was bold enough to do that in the playoffs because I just had that feeling. I think the cracks are in the armor for, for that legacy. I do think Tampa is legit. Their defense is legit, but they get they commit so many penalties, most in the NFL. Green Bay is tied for the 8th least penalties. That's You're not going to cover in the NFL. You're not going to win with those mistakes. Um, and if your quarterback can't remember the down, that won't help either. The discipline, something's cracked there. It scares me that Tom might be out for revenge, but give me Green Bay. They can rush the passer, get into his head. That's what he doesn't like. I'll take Green Bay. The last – of those three would be the Dolphins. This is where I'm just going for coaching more than anything. I'm not crazy Ooh. about the Dolphins right now, but they, they they showed me against Jacksonville that they can take advantage of a bad team. They beat the crap out of the 49ers, which who knows what that – I wouldn't take too much of it on the Niners side. It, it means something for the Dolphins, though. I like Brian Flores a lot. Coaching, all, I, I love to just bet on coaching, and I don't understand. Adam Gase might be the worst coach I've ever seen. Hugh Jackson's up there, but there's something about Adam Gase and the way that they play. I don't understand it. Um, give me the Dolphins. So what I'm doing here, I should say that. So I like the other two. I'm going to parlay, parlay them, and I'll mention that number in a second. I'm going to tease these three. So I'll start with this. I don't like these ones as much, so I'm not going to take it at Green Bay minus one. I'm going to buy seven points on all these lines together. So I have the Lions. Minus three and a half, I'm going to, I'm sorry, minus four and a half, I'm going to buy that to plus three and a half over the Jaguars. I take Green Bay from minus one to plus six, and I'll take the Dolphins from minus nine and a half to minus two and a half. So I'm getting seven points on all those. It lowers my odds, so it's it's not as much of a payout, but seven. it gives you an extra touchdown cushion, basically. So the Lions can lose by three and still cover plus three and a half. Green Bay can lose by five and still cover six. So, so that'll be 250 to win 300 on that one. $200, mm-hmm. $250 to win $300 on that one. And then I'll do $500 to win $714 on the Titans' money line and the Steelers' money line. So I'm not going to take either spread. I'm just going to take them to win. It's the three and a half I don't want to buy. I don't want to – Titans seem like a team that can win on a field goal. I don't want to mess with three and a half of the Steelers. So I'm going to take both of them just to win. And that's 500 to win 714. I so think that's
1: that's one thing that uh, a lot of people don't really understand is that you can change which line that you choose. Like yes. the, if, you, if you go on any site, of course, you know, it's going to have the, the main one at four and a half. But there are certain settings to where you can change it and go to two and a half rather than four and a half or five and a half. So
0: uh, in total this week, you will be betting five hundred bucks,
3: seven fifty. But seven fifty, gotcha. But I'm gonna. I have another play where I'm gonna combine all these and have some fun and shoot for the fences. Gotcha. Um, so I'm um, two games I didn't mention that I like real quick. I'm not gonna say much. Panthers money line. I I, I didn't give them much credit to start the year. Um, Bears up and down. I'm not sure what to make of either of these teams. And looking into it, still not sure. But my gut says Panthers. So Panthers money line I like and. The Vikings' money line, just kind of petting against Atlanta still. Offense is not as good as you might think just with the weapons they have. Uh, The Vikings might not be able to run the ball as well against against Atlanta, and and, and, uh, I'm not crazy about Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins in the daylight is a lot better than Kirk Cousins at nighttime. For my big play, I'll do Vikings' money line and uh, and the Panthers' money line plus some of the other ones I mentioned. So Steelers' minus three. I'll take that there, but I'm buying it down to minus three instead of like you said, Justin. I you can buy a half a point, so I'll take it to minus three. Panthers money line, Lions money line to win. So money line is just to win the game. Packers minus one, and then the Dolphins minus nine and a half. I'll leave that one be. I do think that they they, they kick the crap out of them. We'll see. So putting those seven games together, and I'm sure we'll you know this will be somewhere visually. Um, 50 to win, 2,055. So
1: why not? I'm really surprised that out of all the teams and all the games that you just mentioned for this weekend, you didn't mention the Arizona Cardinals on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. No Dak Prescott. Yeah. Andy Dalton's going to be their quarterback. The defense is absolutely atrocious. Why are you staying away from the Cardinals?
3: I They burned me a couple times. <laughs> so it's personal. allow <laughs> me so much of this is, and that's it's like you. You have to. You know, sometimes you overcorrect. Sometimes you're you're trying to break habits. Sometimes, like I really liked the Cardinals, and I still do. Too many penalties. They're tied with the Bucks for the most in the NFL. Dallas's defense, yeah, they're bad. Dalton, I think I don't think Dallas is going to be very good. They weren't great. They're were not very good to begin with. And I do like Arizona. But they have some makings of a not great football team. Sometimes, when you're watching them, I feel like they should be doing a lot better than they are. At you know, in certain instances of the game, I think Cardinals fans gave them too much crap for not, you know, for the way the game looked to get the, against the Jets. I'm not too worried about that. I am worried about the two prior games. Mm-hmm. I, I so really, I think the main answer, which I haven't said yet, is is I, I don't like to put in the Monday game. Too much, I have I can't wait that long. I've got too too little of an attention span. So I'm gonna stick to Sunday for now. Usually Monday is save for a, a, its own play and to not let it sit for a day. Um, just just because I think it makes it more interesting sticking to Sunday. I, I would lean Cardinals, um, but who knows with that one. So it'll be it, for sure. it, it'll be tough.
1: For sure. Is Monday depending on how you do on Sunday? Oh
3: for sure. <laughs> and you almost never roll a good a good weekend anyway into Monday, but that's just how it, you know. It, yeah. That's anytime you're up, you will eventually come down, and Monday's a good, a good day for that, even when you really think you like something. And that's what scares me about it. Oh, Arizona, Monday, weird stuff happens Monday
0: night. All right. That's Brett Decker with one grand in your hand. Our new segment this week. Decker, thank you so much for doing this and good luck.
3: Thank you, Saul. Hopefully by next week, there's more than a grand in my hand. Worst case scenario, I think there's only. 200 in my hand. So it won't be as catchy, but uh, I'll still be alive. And that's all that matters.
0: There we go. We just need to stay alive. That's it. That's it. All right, my man, we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you, Justin. that wraps it up for another week. Uh, just to be clear, uh, Deckert, Brett Deckard's, uh, you know, one grand in your hand that will be posted on our, on our Twitter page. And it will be also posted on our Facebook page. So you can take a look at his picks and what he has along with Justin and my picks for the week as well. Uh, until next time, Justin, tell them where they can find us.
1: Subscribe to the Total BS podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and give us a like on Facebook and Twitter as well. Total BS podcast is worldwide. Apparently That's we're right, hitting baby. India. Dude, we got a large portion of our audience <laughs> in India. It's growing by the
0: day. I don't know why, but I guess. Shout uh, out to those guys. Hey, that's what I'm saying, baby. Hey, you, we're, we're we're worldwide. Maybe we'll we'll go and do our live show when we make it big in India. How about India?
1: <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> there we I'm go. Uh,
0: but until next time, you know what we do. We'll see you when we see.
1: you. Peace. Be cool, it's just a part of this program Spit your best 16 if you must You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us, yo
2: Your fans just might turn into our fans Be cool, it's just part of the program Spit your best 16 if you must You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us